Hello, and welcome to the fourth episode of Creator Spotlight Season 2 from The Interface. Creator Spotlight is our new series where we talk to creators about what they make and do and how they got started. Today I'm joined by John Coopland, who is a car YouTuber, but focusing on old cars and specifically Protons. So welcome. Hello, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm okay. Thanks for having me on. That's all right. Yeah, so um, for people who don't know much about you, uh, what's what's the main thing you do on do on YouTube? I know I mentioned Protons, but is it a lot of old cars or...? Yeah, so the YouTube side of things was a bit of a aftermath um, and an afterthought. I, I'm a classic car guy. That's uh, what I do in my spare time. I've got a massive collection of weird and wacky cars. Um, <laughs> and I attended the Festival of the Unexceptional a few years ago uh, and ended up winning it ridiculously. And people were asking me, oh, what's your Instagram? What's your Twitter? What's your YouTube? You must have some sort of platform. And I'm a bit like, no, it just sits in the garage and I take it to shows. Um, <laughs> and it went bonkers. It really did. Um, so, so many people were a bit like, we want to contact you. We want to get involved. We want more content. Um, so I got on Twitter. Uh, I had been on Twitter, but didn't really use it. Um, yeah. And then I started filming little videos of the cars in my collection saying, Hey, look at this, having a look around. And it sort of spiraled from there from me then going out and physically finding cars purposefully for the channel, uh, doing bits about them and, and, and seeing what's, what's worked. And it, it went from something like 200 subscribers on a few proton videos, mainly in Malaysia. Yeah. That was my viewing figures, the people in Malaysia to, um, this little niche group of people all over the world now who are subscribers who like my content, which is weird. I find it a really weird experience. Um, but actually it's quite nice to just make these little videos and, and there's lots of ideas that are growing in my head. Uh, quite a creative person um, that I want to do, that I want to focus on. And it's a case of throwing stuff out there on YouTube and seeing what sticks, I suppose. Um, and the car stuff stuck. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, it's mostly, is it, so what are the cars you have? Is it mostly Protons or is that, where's that fascination come from? Like, that's a good question. Because I wish I could answer it. Um, I am a magpie, is the honest answer. And if I've got 20 quid in my pocket, I will spend 20 quid on something that I think is nice and shiny. Um, and when I get bored, uh, I go on car websites and look at cars. And a couple of years ago now, four or five years ago, uh, my wife and I were getting ready to go on holiday. She was at work till 10 o'clock and I was just sat waiting to go on holiday. Um, and I found myself on one of the car websites as you do local what's local to me um and found this proton now i'd never heard of proton before in my life and i saw the car and went that's cheap it's in my budget it's down the road and i went and bought it <laughs> uh, much to my wife's dismay and i found out actually it was quite special in that there aren't many about and um, it was the last of its kind in that in that model and then it sort of mm. spiraled from there with me going hey I quite like this brand and people going, Oh yeah, we forgot about that brand. And mm. it, 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 it snowballed a little bit now with, with the, I'm trying this, um, proton renaissance. I'm calling it. Yeah. Cause <laughs> proton's still around, isn't it? I think they used to own Lotus, but I don't think that's there anymore. Or... A bit it's, weird. It's a, it's a, the way you've described it is wrong, but it's also right in a way, in a way. So Proton um, is the national car of Malaysia. It, the company started in sort of 1985. I think Malaysia and the Malaysian government wanted um, 
uh, a national car. So they approached uh, Mitsubishi, and with Mitsubishi, they sort of came together because a, a Proton, the underpinnings, is a Mitsubishi Lancer. Um, uh-huh. And then they came to the UK in sort of early 89 um, and left the UK. They, they, were, they were a cheap car, things like Lada, Proton, and all that sort of thing. Uh, Daihatsu, Hyundai at the time, were cheap cars from that sort of part of the world. Um, and they left in 2014 because of the European Union emissions and all that sort of thing. It was a bit messy. Uh, but as a company, then they're still going abroad. They're still massive in Malaysia. Um, they're owned now by Geely, uh, which is the big Chinese company yeah. who own loads and loads of firms and brands. But, um, but yeah, they, they sort of disappeared and they're fast disappearing off the UK's road. So I'm trying to keep that name alive a little bit. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a lot of that. Like, um, I've got a guest on, uh, Tom. He does uh, a lot of videos on MG Rover. Um, okay. So there's, well, we will have or have discussed uh, about those. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's definitely with some sort of more niche, not not that MG Rover's niche, but it, definitely older older brands that have gone away, for example. There's some there's some renewed interest in those, which is quite good. Um, especially, it's, it, yeah, especially for... Young, I don't remember a time when those cars were around, and neither does neither does Tom either. So it's it's quite it's it's weird to go back and have a look at cars that you don't remember. So which is which is interesting because I I grew up around MG Rovers. Um, yeah, Dad worked for the local Austin Rover garage, and so when I was a kid, I was going to go see him on a on a day. Then uh, there would be all the cars in the car park, and that's probably why my car obsession has come to be. I've always been around cars, uh, with Dad being in the motor trade. Um, but things like the Rover 45, the Rover 75, the Rover 25, when they first launched, I remember being a kid. I say a kid, maybe 11, 10 years old, and Dad bringing one home. And for me, seeing that car was was beautiful, that Rover 75. I can picture it now. It was a nice light blue. It got all the chrome trim. <laughs> uh and I'd never fell in love with a car more. And I'd always said, that's it. I'm going to have to have a Rover 75. And so obviously I ended up getting two. Uh, but <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting how, how these little from, little, from little acorns, hey? Yeah, definitely. Um, so with the, I think we discussed on how you got, got started making videos. It was more of a, a people that you've met requested it. What's that? What's that process been like for you? Because whenever I ask anyone who makes videos, it's always, uh, how did the audience like? How did the audience um, respond to the videos? Is there a lot of good feedback of what you make? And then also what like the processes of making those videos? I'm always interested in how people make videos as well. So, uh, I'm a very lazy person. So if I can cut corners and have the finished product be the finished product with as least steps as possible, then I will. Um, I don't edit my videos. Nothing gets edited. I don't do fancy in-out stuff and all that sort of stuff. It's me with my phone um, and a headset that I put in for a microphone to go, hey, here's the here's the car look. Um, maybe that's a good thing, but it's a bad thing. Maybe people like the raw nature of it. Um, I have a history in broadcasting, uh, so I can talk to people and... I have a history of being in front of a, a microphone. Yeah. Um, so maybe people like my presenting style. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's, but it is just me having a chat about cars and it's just a, an interesting thing. And I think 
the response I got was a good response or a better response to things that were a little bit raw mm-hmm. and a bit like, right now I'm going to try the bonnet. Oh, I can't get it open. Hang on a minute. Put the phone down. Yeah. As opposed to like cutting now, it. Now, now yeah. we're going to edit it. So my process, exactly. So my, my, my process for lack of a better term is a bit rough and ready. Um, I'm not going to be winning any uh, awards for video editing or sound quality or anything like that. But hopefully the content is what people are there for. And mm. I think that that is what what the people are there for, interesting new content. Um, for example, my smart car, I, I daily drive a smart car. Before Christmas, I went to go look at Proton. My smart car went bang. And um, I did a video uh, just about, oh, my smart car's gone wrong. And the amount of people who wanted to see me chronicling the process and chronicling the progress of what I did to the car was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't churn out enough videos <laughs> to keep those people happy. Uh, everyone wanted to see all, all the progress. And, and, and now I'm not doing that. Now the car's fixed. Um, I feel a bit guilty that I should be doing updates on this this little car. Um, but, but to answer your question, yeah, the, the, the process really is shoot. <laughs> Shoot, upload, and run, <laughs> and then on to the next thing. And hopefully, people like it. And if they don't like it, well, they can tell me, can't they? Yeah. Uh, or, or they can switch it off. But 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 the Touchwood, the follower base has, has been very good. Yeah, doing it that way, it, they've enjoyed it. Yeah, that's good. Doing it that way definitely it, it removes the amount of time that you'd have to dedicate to make it, which makes you more interested in doing it in theory. Right. Well, and that's the thing. I'm I'm quite a busy person. Yeah. Uh, if I'm not, if I'm not messing about with cars i'm doing this i've always got to be on the go i'm not the sort of person who can sit down and have an evening in front of television and just in do nothing much to my wife's dismay because she could be lazy and spend a whole weekend on the sofa <laughs> um but i've always got to have a problem on the go or i'm at work because i, I can't afford to keep a, a fleet of 18 cars on the road by not going to work um so i work long hours shifts my wife works long hours and we've obviously got a house to run as well so it is a it is a luxury i know um, but if I think if there was a long process behind it, if there was a a long editing and now mm. I've got to record voiceover, excuse me, do this, that, and the other, I wouldn't enjoy it, um, and it would take up too much of my time. I think you can go down that rabbit hole of being a bit of a perfectionist as mm. well, um, and I would go down that rabbit hole, and it would take me hours to do one video, and then I would I would hate it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm not I'm not tech. I used to be tech savvy. Um, I when. Uh, I don't, you know, when YouTube first came, when we first got the YouTube, um, I remember signing up and had an account and I uploaded little videos as a 15, 16 year old. And they were mainly just messing about with some mates. Um, and there was something quite natural about that. Now, obviously YouTube is a business for many people. Um, fun fact, uh, I don't know if you know Tom Scar, uh, but I went to university with Tom Scar who does the, a ASDF, land movies and all that sort of stuff no um and he went off his direction of everything being really polished and i just went on my direction of i'm gonna go and do what i'm doing um but yeah it, it's it, it's something i enjoy i do enjoy making the, the little videos not only to document what i'm doing um i don't watch them back but um people enjoy them well, yeah that's the benefit of probably not editing you don't you don't have to watch yourself back because <laughs> when i when i edit these podcasts i, I watch it back 
once to make sure that like to cut all the stuff out it is a bit the first few episodes i did is a bit weird it's like oh is that what i sound like or <laughs> is that what i look like or it's it's watching it back it's like oh did i really say that or so it's a bit <laughs> a bit strange but yeah it's it, as you say it's strange um again i have a history in broadcasting so i have i've listened to myself back uh, and i know what i sound like and i can modify what i sound like if i wanted to um but no i i, I make sure it's recorded i maybe skip through and go right it, it, it's done okay yeah. upload and then 20 minutes later someone will comment saying there's some audio problem here <laughs> i'm like oh yeah there is some audio problem oh well Sorry, guys, I know there's an audio problem. Uh, hence the new microphone, I suppose. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm not going to not gonna sit. Um, maybe, I, maybe I don't deserve the praise that people give me because I'm really lazy with it. Or maybe, as I say, people just like the raw, natural style yeah. of going, I'm going to make a video now. Um, very rarely do I stop a video and go, oh, right, I've made a mistake there. Um, just keep going. <laughs> yeah. It's... um. Yeah, you can sort of, as you said, you can sort of get very focused on um, perfecting all the little details and all the little fluff-ups and stuff. It just takes too much time. Uh, I spoke to, last year I had Andrew Till on the podcast, uh, Mr. EV, uh, and he was saying he just, he can't, whenever he makes videos, he can't not do it, like, just perfection all the time. He just said it's it's a blessing and a curse sometimes. Uh, we're discussing how long videos take to make. And, I bet he spends so, yeah. hours editing his videos. Yeah. He was saying it's sort of yeah. he can't not do it. Fine. So. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. If he if 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 people want to make the highly polished, beautiful, edited, fantastically lit backdrop videos, fine. But these people are doing it a oh, yeah, lot yeah. more than me, yeah. and they're probably a lot more than me. Um, and they look good, don't yeah. they? But for the for the average consumer who's consuming my videos, they're probably watching them on their phone, I maybe head or doing whatever. Um, no, I haven't got time for that. No, it definitely sort of. If we, if we're dealing with older cars, it definitely sort of um, lends itself to the to the thing you're filming. If it's more of a rough, ready video, it's sort of. I don't know. It's if you get what I mean. Um, it sort of works yeah. quite well. Um, yeah, with the smart with the smart car rebuild, what would how long did that how long did that take to did that did the filming of that impede on your impede on your time it took to fix it or no? Uh, so I, I can't take the credit for fixing the car. I really can't. Um, it was Mr. John Cooton senior. So my dad, <laughs> who is the mechanic, um, I can make things look good so I can polish things and I can find parts and I can source really rare things that nobody else can find. Um, that, and that for me is the fun about the car ownership, by the way, the thrill for me is in the chase. And that's why I'm a bit of a magpie. The magpie thing is finding it. And then having it and going, ah, I've got that now. Now I know I've got yeah, it. Yeah. And maybe it's my technique. But no, it didn't. It didn't. And um, I wish that I had the ability to say to dad, because the car was in his workshop, if I had the I had the ability to say to dad, look, don't do that bit because I want to film mm. that bit of him maybe putting the engine physically back together, screwing it all together, putting the new stuff in. And I did say to him, look, I need you to photograph every step that you're doing just to document it. I like to document things. Um, so I ended up get, getting him a smartphone purposefully so he could photograph the uh, the process on the smart car while I was at work because he did a lot of it. And it, it did, it, honestly, it took him a long mm. time. 
um, from start to finish, sort of a month, month and a half. But again, uh, that was sort of on and off and waiting for parts. There was a there was a time where we were waiting two or three weeks for parts. Um, but no, the filming didn't impede on that. And if it had, then it would. There would if if I had the time to film all that content, it would have been fantastic content. It really would. You know, um, to spend a night rebuilding a head of a smart car would have probably got thousands of views because a lot of people would want to see that. Um, but that's not what it's about. It's not about the views. It's not about getting the fantastic content um, for that reason. Um, part of me is gutted that I missed out filming all that. Part of me is happy that my dad didn't spend <laughs> three months fixing my car uh, in the freezing cold in his garage in Lincolnshire um, and me not have my car. But yeah, it, there were times where I've said, right, hang on a minute, stop, let me take a picture. Um but no, there weren't times where I've said, right, don't do something because I'm you need me there to film it. Um, in an ideal world, he would have been clued up and tech-savvy enough to film it for me. <laughs> and then I would have taken the time putting yeah. it together. Um, let's have yeah, it. Well. But yeah, it's, it, seemed, it seemed to do... A lot of people on Twitter seem to like that progress, progress I saw anyway, so that's good. Yeah, and, it, it, and, and people were enjoying seeing the car i think some people i spoke to and i spoke to somebody yesterday who rang me and said i feel like i know you i feel like we're friends because we've obviously had chats on on twitter uh people were rooting for this little <laughs> car they weren't they, they didn't care about me they didn't care what i was doing um they cared about this little car i suppose i think they felt like they they knew the car and i was doing updates on the car and uh you're always going to get some critics who are going to go oh scrap it it's an mm. uh, smart car look um but then the majority of people were saying really nice things about it. It was like, oh, yeah, keep going. We want to see the car on the road. Uh, it's worth doing. And I, I, did, I did have to have a, a, a long, hard think about what, what was economical um, and if it was going to be worth repairing. I'm, I'm really glad I did. I'm really glad we did repair it. I'm really glad that it's still with us, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, one of the other more like, well-known cars that you've got, I guess, is the, the Royal Snail van. <laughs> I quite like that. That's quite funny. Oh dear! <laughs> how did that? How did that come about? Uh, that wasn't the curveball you was going to throw <laughs> me. Uh, I expected. I thought I was going to get a question about the Black Knight. Um, my Royal Snail Van. Yeah, that's um, an interesting one. Uh, and I love my Snail Van. Um, how did it come about? It's quite funny. Um, I was at work. <laughs> friend of mine on a friend of mine on Facebook posted it for sale on the marketplace. Um, and I messaged him to say, do not sell that van without me coming to look. So I went to have a look, and he'd clearly posted very old photographs of the van because when I got there, it was green and it was falling apart. It was this and that. It had been off the road for a very long time. Um, they used it. Um, his wife and daughter owned a dog grooming yeah. business. They didn't need it anymore, and they got dogs. It was full of dog cages. Um, and it just needed a little bit of TLC. And me being me, I'd all, I, again, I'm a magpie, so I like to pick stuff up. I needed a van. Or I've always wanted a van. They're Vans useful, are cool, yeah. right? You can just stick it yeah. in the van. Yeah, useful, useful commodity. Um, so I rocked up with this van. Uh, it was very cheap. It cost me £250. It needed some money spending on it, but uh, where they'd had the dog advertising stuff on the van 
it had ruined all the paint. Um, it had previously been a Royal Mail van, um, so being in the Royal Mail red. So I thought I'd think outside the box a little bit. What can I do to cover up these mm. squares where all the paint was basically off? Um, and so the Royal Snail was born. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it turns a few heads. It gets a little bit of a laugh. Um, there was a period of time, obviously, where the smart car, which was my daily commuter vehicle, was off the road, and I was taking my snail van to work every day. <laughs> and everyone in the in the work environment, the office environment, was a bit like, "Who's who's the guy? Who's got the the weird snail van? What's that all about?" <laughs> and I'd got like big bosses of the organisation I work with coming through and going. Anybody know about a weird van, something to do with snails in the car park? And I'd be like, it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it turns heads. And actually, just today, um, I was uh, driving down the road and one of our local posties waved at me and bipped at me thinking it was his mate. And then he looked. And you could see the look on his face. was a bit like, <laughs> as I went back, like, who's driving <laughs> Who's driving that? But, yeah, no, it, it certainly turns heads. And it's a bit of fun. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, and it's useful. It's a useful van. It's full of full of proton parts. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Vans are quite very underrated. They're very useful to have around um, for all sorts of things. Um, you, you briefly mentioned. I didn't realize this. But you briefly mentioned you had like eighteen. Was it eighteen cars? You said. I didn't realize that. <laughs> What's yes, yes. the? Do you want to just run through what? Yeah. <laughs> what they are. Well, we've got. Uh, no, I don't have to go through all of them, them, but. Um, Mainly protons, yeah. obviously. There's a large collection of protons. Um, one has just left the collection. That's a secret you didn't you didn't know about or nobody knew about. One has just gone. Um, somebody managed to prize one out of my hands. So at the moment, I've got one, two, three, four, five protons, um, and then the rest is just weird and wacky stuff, um, which are mainly all chronicled on my YouTube channel, uh, which I'm sure people will be able to find. Um, but... But yeah, I've got my my earliest car in my collection is a 1949 Armstrong Sydney Lancaster, big old war yeah. post war uh, car. Uh, it's like an old wedding car. If you were yeah. to picture in your mind what an old wedding car is, um, there's only about four or five of them left on the road mm. in the UK. Um, there's a few more that are sort of sat in hedges that are waiting to be restored. Uh, but this one is one that. I bought blind uh, during um, yep. COVID and panicked for a bit because my wife came through and she said, why have you just sent X amount of money to somebody that you don't know for a car that you've never seen? And I was like, oh, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Anyway, two um, two sleepless nights later, it finally arrived. But I, I did panic I'd imagine, for a minute. Yeah. I've been scanned. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, as I say, uh, the smart car, obviously, you know about the snail van. Uh, I've got a couple of old Audis, um, and I like Nissan Micras as well. <laughs> Much to people's dismay, the k oh, yeah. the bubble-shaped ones. Um, they were my, that was my first car. Uh, I had a 1994 M-Reg, uh, M2780MO, Um which was my first car, and then I had another one, and then I've just bought, say I just bought about a year ago, I bought another one. Um, but no more, no more cars. I'm not allowed anymore. There's yeah. not enough space. Uh, I've got a Proton that I'm stripping for spares at the moment. That's going. 
and then I've got a friend who wants to buy something. He's just coming back from Korea. Uh, so I'm going to lend him something. He'll come back. <laughs> but, but yeah, but yes, it's, it's, yeah. it's a problem, isn't it? I, I didn't, you didn't realize there was that many no. in the collection. <laughs> oh. uh, the collection has significantly reduced as well. There was a lot more at one point. We did hit Jeez. over 20. It's a bit, a bit like Alex Kirsten. He's got loads, yeah. loads of cars now. I don't know if you've watched his stuff, but yeah, no, not for a while. Uh, yeah, he's got absolutely tons of cars. But yeah, normally the question people ask me when I say, "Oh, I've got," because we got up to twenty-eight. Uh, when we got down to eighteen, uh, they're all like, mm. "Where do you keep them all?" And that's normally the first question, and the answer is, "I'm really fortunate. I've got some land." Uh, in Lincolnshire, and yeah. I can put them there. Um, but if, clearly, if I lived in the city, if I lived in Lincoln, Peterborough, Wakefield, London, then I wouldn't have. I wouldn't be able to do this. I wouldn't be able to keep them where I keep. I'd have to have some sort of area. Um, I don't look forward to the day that my wife says she wants to move, <laughs> because I will have to have to uh, either a downsize or b find mm. somewhere for all cars. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's uh. Um, so my, well, a bit like, a bit like you. So my first car has influenced what my interests are. Um, so my first car uh, was a Volkswagen Up, one of the very basic ones, uh, and that that influenced my neck. My neck, yeah, it's really nice. good. Um, and then my next car was the Up GTI because I saw that. Well, that's what I got now. Um, I saw that all in the magazines when it was announced, and I thought I have to have that. Um, so as soon as well, as soon as I could get one, which was quite hard because um, they took it off sale twice. Um, and and then it, yeah, they took off oh, sale right, for okay. emissions, and then while it was off sale, I, I just went out went out and bought one. Um, but then, right after I bought it, the price went up by seven grand. So luckily, I got one at a good time. So well, you're laughing then all the way, uh, especially as you say with <laughs> the prices of secondhand cars have shot straight up. Um, yeah, and I've shot myself in the foot a little bit with my protons in that I was initially able to pick them up for a few hundred pounds and now people are a bit like oh protons yeah they're cool aren't they yeah let's get a proton hmm. and now i can't get one for sort of less than a thousand pounds a good one um uh. a little proton renaissance has sort of shot my little enterprise in the foot a little bit but uh it, it, it's good though because obviously people are enjoying them and if you're spending a lot more on something you're going to hopefully fingers crossed um look after it a bit yeah. more than if you were spending a couple hundred quid on a banger yeah, right. you'd hope so. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, it's the same with um, uh, like MG and Rovers as well. It's in the older stuff, like the as you mentioned, the stuff from the early two thousands. They've gone up in price by a lot as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's unfortunate for people who are interested in those cars, but yeah. Um, I purchased a Rover forty five a year and a half ago. Uh, it was three hundred quid. It was a really good buy. Uh, I sold it for a thousand pounds and the guy now is selling it for 1500 pounds because it's not yeah. worth. and he's, um, he's put sort of like 20,000 miles on the clock uh, in, in the year and a bit. So, and it's still worth 1500 pounds. Um, but yeah. like I say, hopefully if people are paying good money for these cars, then they're going to look after them. Fingers crossed. Yeah. You'd hope so. Yeah. Yeah. 
I hope so. I'm a bit weird. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, in terms of things you got come up on the on the channel, is there anything you can? That's a really you can share question. that you think you've got working on, or is? That's a really good question. Literally, before we've recorded this, I have just uploaded a video. Um, there is, a, I do this little thing that was like a. It was been in my head for a long time which was virtual classic car shopping, which is uh, my own version of reaction videos, I suppose, which is where I look at cars that are for sale and we discuss what they are and have a look at them. And I've now got it so you can see me in the corner. Um, I've just done a Proton sure. special one. Uh, from that, I have identified potentially a Proton that I'm looking to buy. Uh, I'm getting some more information sent over this weekend and it might be a little bit of a road trip. So there will obviously be videos on that coming. Um, there's lots of things that I'm hoping to do this year that are not car related. My wife and I uh, just came back from Mexico. We did a travel blog that went really well. Um, as in lots of people are That's enjoying good. that content. Um, there might be some content from theme parks. I'm a big theme park person. Um, and just a little bit of this and that. Have I got big plans? No. Um, I'm going to start filming car shows that I attend, I believe, if I can be bothered, mm. uh, which is literally <laughs> just picking out the highlights from the show, so not like a whole thing of me getting the car, me going. Yeah. yeah. Sort of thing. Um, but starting to just look at some interesting cars at car shows. Um, I had a busy year last year where I didn't really get to many, apart from the festival and exceptional and, and a few locally. So I'm going to try and document those and – do a little blog about those. And then I've got some home projects ongoing, uh, like building projects. And my ethos in life is go big or go home. <laughs> I don't do things by half. So I really, <laughs> if, if, if someone says, John, can you build me a path? I will build you a path with fountains going over it, pagodas and lights. Um, <laughs> Not just a path. So there'll be there'll be hopefully some <laughs> some documentation of, of, of that sort of thing. Uh, who knows what could happen? Yeah. Who, who knows what's coming? Um, the world works in mysterious ways, and if I think it's going to be good content, I will now point my camera at it, which previously I, I would I wasn't doing. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've got some exciting stuff up here. Whether or not I can get it out there is a different matter. So we shall see. Watch this space. Yeah, definitely. The the content of people looking at cars online, that's and like, yeah, looking at which ones you should buy and shouldn't buy. That's that's useful actually. because um, a lot of people just don't know what to buy online, so I I look at it this way. I if I've got a spare hour, will probably have a look for cars on the internet because it interests me. Um and yeah. if other people are interested in me looking at other cars and discussing them and t talking about uh, what you should or shouldn't buy, and if it was interesting or not, um, then why wouldn't I capture that at the same time as I was doing it? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it's good. Um, just before we wrap up, uh, have you got any... I make a banker point of asking people what if they've got any advice for other people looking to make YouTube videos. Have you got any advice for anyone else looking to make similar sort of content on YouTube or any, any anything on YouTube, really? That is such a hard question. And that is such a massive spectrum of what we could answer. Um, <laughs> the way you've asked me that question is as if I am a YouTube uh, content guru. 
just a bloke with a camera that's got loads of cars and not and too much time. Um, what would I suggest to people? Be yourself. Uh, don't try and copy. I, I, I saw someone uh, recently. I think he was trying to be Mr. Beast. Don't be that person. Be yourself. Mm. Um, people will uh, find you more charismatic if they are getting the real you. Um, don't worry about if something doesn't work or if something gets terrible views or reviews. Fine, you've tried it, move on. Um, don't worry about what people are saying in the comments unless they're saying things which are creative, um, such as, hey, you've got a microphone issue, or hey, why don't you try this? And if someone's saying, oh, I don't want you to talk about crappy old protons, blah, 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 who is this person? Yeah. And they've watched your video and they've, co- they've commented on your video, so they've clearly taken time out of their day uh, to get your content. Uh, the way I look at it is they're putting view counts on my, my views, whatever. Um, and enjoy it. Don't don't let it consume your life. Enjoy it, and if something works, stick with the things that work. Try it. If something doesn't work, suck it up and move on. Yeah, yeah. I'll always that's be, good. I'll that's... Always, always don't always be on the lookout to try new content. Don't be afraid to try something. And if you think it's going to make good content, throw it. And if it sticks. Excellent. Happy days. You never know. Your next great idea that you've had on the bus to film something uh, might be the next big YouTube sensation and shoot you up there. And you could be yeah, hitting your six-figure view count every month. And just remember me, little old me, <laughs> sitting in my field in Lincolnshire with all my protons uh, and send some viewers <laughs> my way. <laughs> <laughs> Right, thanks, John, for uh, being on the Creator Spotlight. It's been good to have you on to chat about all things, uh, all things Proton and all the all the cars you own. Um, where can people find you if they want to follow you online? Uh, thank you for having me on. First and foremost, uh, sorry if I've bored everyone with about about Protons. Um, I am on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, the TikTok. I've got to call it that because I'm old, uh, and obviously YouTube. It's John Coupland, which is J O N. Uh, all one word. So if you look for John Coupland, you'll find me on Twitter, uh, again, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And if you see somebody that looks like this, talking about a car that looks like a box, uh, then you're in the right place. <laughs> yeah, I'll put all the links down below for people who want to find that. So that's that's great. Excellent. Yeah, again, thank you for, thank you for joining me. It's been good to have well, you on. Thanks for having me on. <laughs>